Annie McKenzie here, and you're listening to Freshman Founders, a podcast for people who are interested in starting their first business and want to know how it really works. Whether you're a business major, interested in the startup lifestyle, or passionate about making a particular change in the world, this podcast is the one for you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Freshman Founders. This is episode number seven, and we are talking all about pivoting, what that means for you and your business. So pivoting is something that you've probably heard of. Um, It is different for everybody. Um, There can be big pivots, there can be small pivots, and we're going to talk all about different types of pivots for your business and um, what that means for you. And first, Ken's, I can't even remember, but before we even learned what the word pivot was, wasn't there a word we used to use? Like, there was yeah. a word before that. And someone then was like, oh, you're pivoting. We're like, is that is that what that is? Do you remember? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember the word, but... Really, you're just, you're evolving your, or you're, you're transitioning... You're changing something about, about your, business. your business. Yeah. I mean, an actual pivot... You know, when someone is just saying that, um, you know, oh, I'm pivoting my business, that means that they are changing up their business model most of the time. But mm-hmm. you can do, you know, you can quote unquote pivot um, and not change your business model, but maybe you're changing your um, brand or maybe you're changing who the audience is that you're selling to or you're entering a new market. There's, all kinds of things that you can change about your business and, you know, you can consider it a, a pivot. Yeah, and it's usually, um, well, at least what we've found, it's usually based on, you know, customer feedback or you trying out new features or concepts for your business because, of course, you're wanting to continue to throw new ideas out there and always stay current um, for your customer and making sure that you you are always providing the best of the best for them. And if there was one thing that I think is the most important you know, idea to take away from this is that the most important thing first is you have to remove your attachment from your initial baby idea. Because at the end of the day, it's like you, you always hear that someone feels like this is their baby and it's hard to let go. And maybe that's why an entrepreneur is always saying maybe no to selling or exiting from their company. But Mackenzie and I are lucky that we've always really had kind of this bird's eye view on the company that, well, if we want this to be bigger than us and we want this to be a scalable, huge platform, then it has to evolve and maybe be something even very different than how it started. And, you know, we need to make sure that we're doing it for the customer and not for us. And, of course, these are touching on key ideas that we've talked about before when validating your idea and listening to your customers and getting that feedback in a a solid way. So really just to hit again on that. An important part of starting a business is knowing that it's not going to stay the same. It's not always going to be that thing Um, that you started with it's going to change and that's a good thing and you should be open to that um, because that means you know you're getting success if you're changing or if you're seeing opportunities to change um, you have to be open to some of those opportunities otherwise you won't grow Mm -hmm. and we naturally I mean even thinking about you know companies that they may seem old to us now well they didn't evolve and Let's look at companies that are kind of always around but have, you know, continued to stay in the forefront. You know, I look at maybe an 
old office furniture store that I actually drive by, you know, sometimes. And I see, you know, for a long time, they, you know, were having like a 50% sale. And then about a year later, next thing I know, they're closing. But Mm -hmm. when I went in there, all of the furniture looked like it had been from the 90s. And they weren't evolving for what customers wanted. That's, you know, a very like simple way of not pivoting your product. But then I look at literally there's this company called We Make Tapes. And it's kind of hilarious because they sponsored Music Biz last year. It's on the back of the lanyard of the 2017 Music Biz um, pass. And what's hilarious is now their company name says We Make Tapes and Discs. (laughs) And then there's even, I'm sure they're going to, you know, evolve again into something else. But it's hilarious to see how they didn't even change their name, but they started adding on products. And I'm sure they do a lot more than just tapes and discs now, but that's why that they get to be on the back of the lanyard of music biz, you know, in 2017 is because they're willing to not have, you know, just tapes. They're continuing to add. So you don't have to change, you know, your entire business, but you have to stay current. A really good example of a company we all know about that had a successful pivot is Netflix. Um, I mean, if anyone remembers way back in the day where Netflix would send you DVDs that you chose online, you'd have to wait in the mail to get that DVD, and then you could watch it and send it back when you were done to get a new movie. So, I mean, that's just how, back in the day, we didn't have the internet, and it couldn't have worked like it does now, but... I mean, think about how different the company is now, where you can just go onto your TV and select anything and watch it right then. Obviously, some um, of its competition did not go and change with the times. Hello, Blockbuster. You don't see those around anymore because they didn't change and they couldn't um, pivot quick enough. And they even tried to send discs because I remember my parents and I would get them. But (laughs) then all of a sudden we just became way more down for Netflix, Mm -hmm. you know, because they decided to stream. And I'm sorry, Blockbuster, you know, yeah. but Netflix is is the king. Right. Because um, they it was all about timing. They <laughs> Charlie over here is so bummed. <laughs> he loved just getting Balto at Blockbuster on Saturdays. Blockbuster was a great mm-hmm. experience, though, for the hey, whole fam. For all you the 90s in. kids. The 90s great. kids, yeah. It was a great Friday night. But when it comes to the word pivot, I just want to quickly say some people look at the word as in, like, you use the word pivot when you're like changing your business. And we use it a little bit more loosely here because as you can see, when we're talking about Netflix or we make tapes and discs, you know, those were pivots because they're altering and enhancing and changing their company. But it's not like they went from A to B. And we'll talk in a little bit about how we at Evamore, we've made big company pivots and big transitions and then we've made small ones. It's all about just the process of that evolution for you. Also, I think people should be more open to pivoting or using the term pivot just because it's kind of, I think a lot of people think of it as a failure in a way. Like, oh, our company is pivoting because something wasn't working, so you had to change. Well, I wouldn't consider that a failure. You're seeing an opportunity and you're going with it because that's how, you know, you see your customers moving. You have to be willing to change or else you will go out of business. And you know what? It's interesting that you say that because something that just made me think of is it's interesting that we get so scared when we're startups to Mm -hmm. make changes, even though that's how you become sex, sexful. (laughs) That's how you become (laughs) successful. (laughs) 
um, yeah, it's how you become successful because you changing and staying ahead of the times is going to bring you to the top. But then when we see a bigger company constantly making changes and edits for their customers, we're like pumped about it. Like I was just at Top Golf the other day and I remember a couple months ago you used to always have to go to the front, show your card, get all set up, go to the bay. You'd always have to have a card with you. I would never have a card. I can't even keep track of my own wallet. Like I'm not going to have a Top Golf card. <laughs> right. And sure enough, last time I went a couple weeks ago, they're like, oh, you can just throw your phone number in the um, on the screen and it'll bring nice. you up. And that's how we do everything now. You don't need those cards. And I was just like, oh, thank you for that. Yeah. And yeah, maybe that's a small pivot, but that's big for company-wide for them to say no more cards, mm-hmm. which is how we always brought on users. And now we're just going to use cell phone numbers. Totally. Cool. Thank you, Topgolf. So if you remember... From our episode one, we <laughs> talked about a little thing called What's Hubbin'. Oh, yeah. That was pre-Evamore. We pivoted What's Hubbin' into Evamore in pretty much every way yeah. you can pivot. We That's pivoted, a full company pivot, for yeah, sure. We completely pivoted the brand, so obviously the name changed, our logo changed, our website changed. But our also, um, also our business model is completely different. Before... It, yeah. Before we were just a website that showed people what type of music was playing and recommend shows to you based on your preferences. But now we book music for private events and take a cut each time an artist is booked. And some would say, well, isn't that just a completely different business? But, you know, it is, but we were doing the booking um, for events more offline, and we were seeing the value of that and then seeing through the tech we were building the opportunity to automate that piece. So it really was, you know, us just focusing on a different sector of our business that we were doing. So mm-hmm. we consider it that um, that transition. One of our small, very first pivots in Eva Moore was, you know, this was all really new to us, and, you know, we kind of lived by our belief that you just need to start somewhere, and you need to have an ugly MVP, if you remember us talking about that in our last episode, and you just, you need to throw it all out there. So we kind of threw everything up in a wall, said, hey, this is what our pricing model will be to, you know, our event planners and to our artists, this is what we're going to do. And we quickly saw that that pricing model wasn't great. And there really was no reason for it other than we just thought it would work. And as soon as we had started working with customers, we quickly saw, okay, it needs to be edited a little bit. This is what we're going to do. Let's go with that. And since then, it's worked well. And we may have to edit it again. You know, Mm -hmm. we're talking now about maybe doing a number two pivot with our pricing and adding different levels and tiers, Mm -hmm. maybe even looking at an enterprise model with our larger corporate companies. So we're always down to make changes on, you know, a specific piece of our business that is Mm -hmm. so core to making money in the business. Right. We even recently um, shifted focus on our customer type, just realizing that while we were getting started, we booked lots of college shows, um, did lots of events on um, for Greek life on college campuses, and slowly started working with corporate companies and booking their entertainment. And through just testing out a new customer type, realized how much better that customer was for us and how much more they fit with us. Um, so we honestly pivoted our 
efforts in focusing more on Mm -hmm. corporate customers rather than getting more college customers. And something to mention with that is that was by far my favorite pivot because it so quickly showed that it was effective for us. And I just want to let you guys know that most pivots really take a couple of months to see like what was the general outcome of changing and transitioning. Um, It doesn't just happen, but we were really lucky with that being one of our changes um, with the customer pivot. We saw like a 3x in sales that month. We're like, oh, This is a good sign. And so it's good to look for those, but just know, give it some time Mm -hmm. because transitions take time, of course. But that was the confirmation we needed seeing we tripled our sales. Like, okay, maybe we should have been doing this earlier. Mm -hmm. These are the right customers that we should be focusing on. And yeah, it's not always as quick as that, but... um, and sometimes, you know, maybe you shouldn't jump too quick into a, a pivot um, and, you know, you may not see results like that. And um, so before totally changing something, I would say, again, just like anything else in your business, test, 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 um, make sure that that's the right move before you just change everything up. Totally. And um, that actually, that brings up the point that, you know, when we were, when I was just saying we're maybe thinking of adding an enterprise pricing level uh, to even more, we're actually in the middle of testing that right now if we actually want to go about that and add that to our core, um, you know, pricing model and concept. And so right now we're literally, which we've talked about, so we actually um, <laughs> do what we what we say and what we believe in. We're going through a few focus groups right now with some of our clients, really listening to them and hearing, you know, what would be beneficial with a larger partnership to Eva more? How could we better serve you um, on a larger enterprise level? Really seeing if that's going to be beneficial to them before we take all this time to go and add this to Eva more. So I definitely agree with Mackenzie with the testing <laughs> first. Something else that we've done in even more is change our entire sales process. Pretty recently, actually, Channing and I, at one point, were, were searching to hire a salesperson. And then we realized, hey, you know, we can do this ourselves. We can use that money and spend it on something else instead of hiring somebody, and we can figure out how to do this ourselves. We're just going to change our process. Um, You know, I'm not sure if I would consider that a pivot, but it was still something that changed in our business that has totally impacted the amount of business we can do. So now that we've talked about pivots within our own company, um, I wanted to just take a minute to then, you know, further that and on a larger scale, just talk about different pivots that can happen within your own company. Um, and you'll see a lot of them are connected to ones that we had to do ourselves. Um, so like, you know, you thought you were, you had one target market customer, and then you totally have to transition to a completely different group. So that was like us thinking, you know, we started out with college thinking that they would be the main, um, you know, customer core and now it's completely different and it's corporate 
pricing pivots. You know, mm-hmm. you you start somewhere and you think this is what you're worth and what you're valued at. Mm-hmm. But something really important that we learned as a startup is, guys, we all undervalue ourselves yes, greatly. Totally. Because we're so willing to just get business. And mm-hmm. it was really hard for us to take in even this year. Like, no, we have to put ourselves at this valued level mm-hmm. to even show our customers that we are the premium. And that's how we want to differentiate ourselves from competitors. There's the different you know, just even different market pivot, um, which is kind of attached to customer, but you know, just even you might be focusing completely in a different, um, area of sales than where you actually need to be. And that's okay. You've got to try out new things. We have to be evolving. Your brand could be off. You know, you think that you need to live by, speak by, you know, you know, be this certain, um, vibe to your customers, but then you find out that they're actually looking for a totally different personality. Um, and that's why you'll always hear companies, oh, we rebranded, you know, we, um, went for a more like sexier understated tone, or we went for more punchy, or we went for very clean and bright and light. Like, you know, it's just, it's what your customer wants. And again, that's with a lot of testing with users and seeing what's, you know, what they approve of and want. Bottom line is you have to be willing to change your business based on where the customers are. You can't keep the same model if, you know, technology has improved and nobody's buying your product or service maybe how they were 10 years ago, you know. There is a lot that's changing right now in technology and how things are purchased and that's changed a lot of companies and that's why you're seeing these companies that have been around for years and years but they are now going out of business because they couldn't pivot and they couldn't pivot fast enough um so it's always extremely important to be willing to change and to detach yourself from the business just enough to to change for the customer So thank you for listening to episode seven. Um, We just want to give you a heads up that our finale, episode 10, will be all about answering questions from our listeners. We've already gotten some great feedback for how to prep for season two, but we would love to hear some more questions that you might have based on these episodes because we're going to read them and answer them and try and give some good feedback for our final episode. So if you could email your questions to founders at freshmanfounders.com, we'll take those down and make sure to answer them on episode 10. Next episode, we're going to be talking about office space, uh, the journey from basement dorm room to our college apartment to finally settling down and getting us a space and how other companies have done it as well.